I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is going to be interesting to say the (laughs) very, very least. We have a special RTT guest host. The sunshine of my heart is here. A Jaden Smith. Hey, Jaden. We're excited to have you. This is going to be amazing. I'm just glad to be here. Aw, Jaden. When we said we wanted to bring him to the table, I was like, well, what do you want to talk about? He said, mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. The magic kind, of course. Yeah. Right now is such an interesting time because these studies just about mushrooms in general are coming out. That's what really sparked my interest. I wasn't aware of all the studies until... You put me on game with that. And this is big, big news. Top doctors say magic mushroom therapy is the most significant advance in mental health treatment since Prozac. And that's huge. The prestigious Johns Hopkins University found mushroom therapy is four times more effective than traditional antidepressants. And I can vouch for that one. Newsweek even put it on the cover. Yeah. I was introduced to plant medicine 10 years ago Mm -hmm. to deal with my depression. And it knocked it out. I'm really interested in hearing about that aspect of it. Yeah, what it does, unlike just going to therapy and putting people on Prozac, right? Which I did that too. Which Um, is not successful for so many people. And that's the thing. So for me, I had struggled with depression for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, crippling depression. So the thing about the plant medicine is that not only does it help you 
feel better, but it, it helps you solve the problems of how you got there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, Jaden, mm -hmm. what led you to psychedelics? It started as pure curiosity. curiosity. Yeah. Not believing that mushrooms could actually, like, make you feel any type of way. Because <laughs> um, we have them for dinner. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I had an experience, and during that experience, I understood what ego was for the first time. Mm. It was always in my head talking, telling me what I was and what I wasn't, and for the first time, I had, like, a ego dissolution where I was like, that was the moment that really changed me. You get to a place in your life where you're blocked by something, whether it's a trauma, whether it's your emotions, your ego, not being able to express yourself. And then I feel like psychedelics are a way to tear down that wall and see what's beyond it. Doing it guided with people that are professionals, I feel like really increases the chances of having that mystical um, experience and get like, yo, I'm trying to figure this thing out in my life and that's why I'm doing it opposed to, oh, you know, I just wanna. I just wanna yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I what I mean? Yeah. I just wanna get high and, and, and I feel, feel like that, that can be dangerous. Yeah. And it should only ever be used to like really bring about profound change in someone's life. And it has to be specifically directed. I'm doing this because. Yeah. Right. That's important. What do you think, Gan? Would you ever try mushroom? Have I ever oh. or would I now? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, have you ever? <laughs> well, I've done psychedelic drugs before. Right. You know, because I came from the woo-woo era. Yeah, from the woo-woo <laughs> era. Back then, it was strictly to yeah. alter my state of mind. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, right. so it was strictly about getting high. Mm -hmm. Right. That is my major concern with this revolutionary treatment. Right. I'm all for it, I guess. I'm just really, really concerned about the potential for it to lead to addiction. Because particularly, I know that you both have tried this. Mm -hmm. In our family, we have such a strong history of addiction. Well, you know, there's no physical addiction that you can No, no, have. no, I understand that. Yeah. But when I think about Jaden, you know, and how his mind works, he reminds me so much of your dad. I just know that he did a lot of experimentation with psychedelics and it led him to the path of other drugs that More led sugar. to his addiction. So that's always, at the end of the day, that's always in my mind. Well, here's, just, here's what I want to say about that, like with anything. It's all about where you're sitting. Yeah. When, and when, why you're doing it. And mm -hmm. why you're doing it. And so why you're doing it. Every drug that's on the market right now can be abused. So mm -hmm. you can use it for good or you can use it recklessly, right? right? Okay, with all that being said, I'm open Okay, good. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm trying to come to the table open-minded because I really am curious about it. Well, joining the table today is one of my <laughs> dopest friends who says the power of psychedelics saved him. His name is Bob Parsons. He is the founder of GoDaddy as well as PXG Golf. And one of our Hi. RTT favorites, investigative journalist Lisa Ling, who just suggested her husband, Dr. Paul Sung, explore ayahuasca. And there's hey, Lisa. Lisa. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. And to guide us through the facts, we got rock star researcher on all things psychedelics, Michael Pollan is here. Joining oh. us from Harvard. His best-selling book, How to Change Your Mind, is being called the Bible of Psychedelics. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Let's start with the basics. What are psychedelics? Psychedelics are a class of compounds, many of which are produced by plants or fungi, Psilocybin, LSD, DMT, ayahuasca, and mescaline. These are the classic psychedelics. The word psychedelic merely means mind manifesting. These are Mm. drugs that bring all sorts of subconscious material into your space of awareness. They work by hitting this serotonin receptor in the brain, but we don't really understand completely why they work. But they have a profound effect on perception. They dredge up all sorts of interesting memories. They distort perception in interesting ways. And they have the potential to change consciousness in a a short-term and a long-term way. When people try to put mushrooms or ayahuasca in a category of drugs, can you really call these plants drugs? Well, drugs are medicines. I prefer the term medicine. I think drug has a lot of uh, negative associations. When we think of drugs, we think of abuse. We think of addiction. Yes. And in fact, these compounds are not addictive Addictive, in the normal sense. They're not habit-forming. 
In fact, after a big psychedelic experience, you're like, I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> exactly. really That's what I was I, 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 I don't remember having any pleasant <laughs> experience with psychedelics. It's hard work. Yes. Uh, I think a guided psychedelic trip is really hard work. Okay. You are dredging through the and, you know, getting yes. in touch sometimes with trauma. It's an encounter with yourself, and that's a scary place to go. Yeah, it's super scary. But I have to say, it's been super healing for my life. I know that as a fact. Dr. Paul, what led you to psychedelics? I was at a point in my life just realizing that perhaps there was more to my life and myself, and I felt I was going through motions just emotionally blunted and also just wanting to sort of change the cycle of what was passed on generationally to me and then to make sure I didn't do that to my own kids. Yeah. There are certain times where I find myself being short with my kids or sometimes mm -hmm. with Lisa. So yeah. my wife really suggested, based on the story she did, you need to go do this. And as an oncologist, I was a little reluctant to do it, but after really looking at it and realizing, particularly with two young kids, yeah. I needed to really try to at least explore something. So that was the real impetus behind it. Paul, with um, uh, psychedelics, which one did you use? I did ayahuasca. It was everything and more. I had tried to do some therapy many years ago, but unlike therapy where it takes a long time to develop that comfort level with your therapist, right. and then they unearth some things, but you never go deep enough. There's sort of that emotional aspect of resenting what you've uncovered. Yeah. Um, I found ayahuasca is much more comprehensive. Not only does it help to take you to where those areas are immediately, but it's not designed to then stir up resentment. It's designed to paint those people that you feel didn't treat you well in a sympathetic light. So issues that maybe I had with my own parents that were revealed during therapy, mm. where it just made me angry. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca took me one step further and was able to show me their trauma that they endured and made it much more of a a full healing for everyone rather than just me understanding why I was angry at my parents. She took it in a therapeutic setting. Absolutely. You really explained that beautifully. Yeah, yeah. you really yeah. did. Was that your one and only experience with it or have you found the need to, to go back and revisit that? So I've been back a second time. I plan to go again. Mm -hmm. uh, and talking to people who've done it over a long period of time will tell you that it really is keen in uh, unlocking that area which you need to address at that moment. Yeah. So my very first experience only focused from the time of maybe being six months old to about seven years. Wow. And that whole experience was just focused on that period of my life. So interesting. Yeah. Lisa, what made you suggest having your husband do ayahuasca? I love hearing him talk this way because we had been I married. I do too. <laughs> we had been married more than 10 years. And at a certain point, we had just re reached an impasse. Paul and I come from an Asian culture, which generally is not the most communicative about emotions. And Paul's parents, who I absolutely adore, they never even told him that they loved him verbally until he was in his 40s. And he didn't really have those kinds of models for affection. And so what he and so many of us have tended to do is just repress, repress, repress. Yeah. And, you know, as a child, 
if you go through hard things and you are unable to address them, you will continue to repress. And so after more than 10 years of being married, we just continued to hit that wall because I think we were just sort of operating on this surface level. You know, we have two young kids. So in Aww. some ways, we were trying to break that generational cycle for the benefit of our kids. Wow. And we got to a point where I did a report about psychedelics as part of psychotherapy. Every birthday that I had, I would say to Paul, all I want for my birthday is for you to look into psychedelics. <laughs> we decided on ayahuasca because ayahuasca is considered to be the mother of psychedelics. Yes. Meaning that a mother will in some ways force you to confront your, your deepest trauma or that which you've been repressing, but in a gentle way that yeah. allows you to be able to process it and give you a new outlook. And because Paul is a medical doctor who has always been grounded in science, I knew that he would do his due diligence to make sure that it was the right thing for him. And it's been transformative, it really has. We don't have a perfect relationship, no one does. No one does, yeah. It's sort of just unlocked um, and, and, and given us this sort of path to healing that I think that we've really needed. Yeah. Mm. Paul, you actually said that you went back to your crib during your journey. Tell us about that. Immediately I started shivering. I was here a six month old in a crib where I was so cold and hoping somebody would pick me up or give me a blanket. And that was a vivid memory I recall having. And it, I think it was just symbolic of a sense of being abandoned or never really nurtured or taken care, care of. of. Wow. One of the things I think that brought Lisa and I so close together is that we, in many respects, raised ourselves. And so we've been these independent survivors that have always operated independently. So this has definitely helped unearth a lot more there, um, but it, it was really pretty amazing to go back and relive those, and they're so vivid. Wow, that's beautiful. Paul, when you unearthed all of these old memories that came to you, did you feel like things changed for you in your actual day-to-day -day life when you were just back to normal? It's a great question, absolutely. I think one, in terms of my relationship with my own kids, yeah. I think it took it to a whole nother level. And then also my relationship with Lisa, just being able to communicate more and also realizing I didn't need to do everything all by myself. Mm. Um, wow. And we're always a work in progress, but just recognizing why I am the way I am was the first step in moving forward. Mm. Yeah. I, I just think it's so lovely to just hear you guys doing this kind of work. So did you experience um, ayahuasca as well, Lisa? I did not experience ayahuasca, okay. although I've reported on it extensively, but I have um, tried other psychedelics. Okay. Yeah. What brought you to your psychedelic journey? Yeah. It was a 50-year trip, Jane. It I started know. when I served with the Marine Corps in the Vietnam War. I'm terrible in school. I failed the fifth grade. Didn't do much better in, in, at the rest of the time. The Marine Corps taught me responsibility. Right. Discipline. They taught me that I could do more than I ever dreamed possible. Right. And uh, what a difference that made in my life. After that, I, I taught myself how to program a computer from a book. And uh, I wrote the programs to start my companies. My first one was Parsons Technology. Right. I, I started that. In 1984, with 40,000, sold it for 64 million in 94. Started GoDaddy in 97, and, and that worked out really well. That worked yeah. out really um, well. <laughs> and, um, and then PXG, PXG Golf now. Yeah. But all the changes in me weren't good. 
There were some very negative changes. And um, I came home from Vietnam with what I later learned was a pretty significant case of uh, uh, PTSD. PTSD. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Before the war, I was uh, pretty easy going. I was a happy guy. Right. And um, I used to like to be around people, groups, always felt like I belonged. After the war, wasn't so happy anymore. I didn't feel like I belonged. Didn't want to go to any events. Uh, had a short temper, for sure, cost me two marriages. Right. So it was uh, it was hard. If somebody would ask me if I served in Vietnam, I'd start crying. Right. And uh, the big change for me happened when I read Michael's book, mm. How to Change Your Mind. Yeah. And up to that time, I had never taken psychedelics. Yeah. Never even thought about it. And Michael spoke, I mean, I went through that thing like a bag of peanuts. <laughs> and it was life-changing for me. Right. So my third and final wife is, I hope, unless I get cut from the team, <laughs> is, uh, is Renee. Renee. Yeah. And uh, so I told her I'd like to try this. And she had me linked up with people that travel around helping veterans with psychedelics. Yes. A few weeks later, we met in Hawaii I started with ayahuasca. Yeah. And that was interesting. The second day, magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. The difference in me was off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I felt like being with people again. I felt like going out. I felt like my temper or stuff didn't bother me the way it did. I mean, <laughs> in every way, I was kind of like how I was before the war. Yeah. It was 50 years at the time. Yeah. I finally came home. Wow. wow. There you go. That's what it is. That's so interesting. When I first took psychedelics, and a few weeks later when I was in touch with, uh, with my kids, and they're all, you know, way grown, my son could not believe the difference in me. Yeah. And uh, he didn't say anything to me at first, but he told his wife, he said, Dad is so nice now. <laughs> and he's, he's in touch with me every day. He says, I don't know what happened. He goes... I wonder if he found out he's going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you continue to take away those lessons that you learned with you into your actual life moving forward? Psychedelics, for me, they don't make you perfect. No. They make you better. And the mind is very adept at disguising problems yes. within itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of the things from psychedelics it did for me is it let me know how I can feel. Yeah. And then as you find yourself going the other way, you can almost put yourself so back somewhat. That's so, something I've that's heard from I a noticed. lot of people. I remember talking to a woman who had been depressed since 1992. Mm. After a psilocybin experience in, a, in a, a university drug trial, had one month of not being depressed. Her depression gradually came back over the course of a year. But having had that experience of what it could be like yeah. gave her hope. Yeah. Your brain will go back to that experience. And so you can refresh it even without another psychedelic. Right. In the same way that a single trauma can change your brain right. forever, yep. as happened to you, Bob, a positive experience, a, a radically positive experience, like a mystical experience, can change your brain forever, too. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's that's so, so interesting because there's just this block that I cannot figure out this this deep, low self-esteem issue that I have. Right. I just can't figure that out. Why I constantly feel that I'm not good enough and how I got there. Yeah. 
Because it doesn't seem to be anything that my parents did or didn't do for me. I just feel like I was born that way. Right. But it keeps me from moving forward in in parts of my my life. And that was a one time that I considered doing the ayahuasca. What you're describing is being trapped in loops of thought, destructive habits of thinking. And many of us are, whether we're struggling with trauma or obsession or depression, our our minds, our egos are telling us a very negative story about ourselves. And what psychedelics seem to do is interrupt that process, break it, which allows new habits of thought to take hold. What they often do, ayahuasca or psilocybin or LSD, is essentially dissolve your ego. And your ego is that voice that's telling that story. And it goes away for a period of time. Jaden described the mystical experience. That mystical experience is a remarkable sensation. New connections have been forming in your brain. And that's what allows you to break out of those destructive habits of thought that so many of us have and, 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 and contribute to addiction as well as depression and anxiety. They all may be the same kind of disorder, which is a brain that's stuck in rumination. And that's why I think psychedelics work for so many different forms of mental illness and distress. Yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Gam, I will just also point out, Paul said that the two times that he journeyed, people brought their moms along with them. And this blockage that you have felt throughout your life, that may have transcended the generations, right? That that Mm -hmm. Jada may have been impacted by that blockage because Mm -hmm. you've continued to, you know, not be able to identify it or understand the roots of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've been really talking about these in depth 
very intense experiences. But can we talk a little bit about microdosing, the dangers of microdosing, the benefits of microdosing? Okay, I, I need to roll back the tape. Roll so, back. Yeah, what, <laughs> what is, is, what so is Michael, microdosing? Can, can, Michael, can you explain to us what microdosing actually is? Microdosing is, is the use of small amounts of psychedelics on a daily or almost daily basis, one-tenth of a typical dose. Ideally, you don't feel it. Many people believe that this has a positive effect on mood, on productivity, on creativity. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of science behind it yet. We need to study it. We don't really know what's going on, except that many people seem to be helped by it. Is there any dangers to microdosing that people should be aware of? You know, if you do it properly, there should be no danger because the dose is so low. But people screw up and, you know, they take uh, too much, especially mushrooms. So the danger is that you take it on your way to work and then suddenly you're driving to work and you're tripping. And that's really <laughs> dangerous and right. not smart. So there are accidental problems. But mm -hmm. if you'd use the proper dose, should present no risk at all. Right. Wow. Yeah. You shouldn't feel anything when you're microdosing. You also don't do it every day. And for example, Gam, like if I was microdosing right now, <laughs> you would not be able to tell. Okay. <clears throat> like we could have a total. Car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you know? can't. Yeah. But if so. any of us at this table were microdosing right now, you would not be able to tell. We could have a full conversation and then halfway through the conversation. I'm microdosing right now. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a, and I would so have had no idea. So how does it work for you, Bob? Do you take it every day, every other day? How? Oh, just What's once, your once, once in a while, every week or week. so. Okay. I just do mushrooms, mm -hmm. uh, magic mushrooms, and um, I can't tell at all. Yeah. But over time, I feel better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel better, feel a little happier. Yeah. And uh, not, not manic happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like a sense of, a sense of well-being more than normal. Well, and, I've done it. Yeah. I love it. I've done it a few times. Microdosing? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it awesome. It's so... See, I didn't know. Paul, how did your psychedelic journey affect your relationship with your mother? My mom is very interesting. She fled Korea during the Korean War and then came here as a refugee. As a mom, she wasn't there emotionally for us during the war. She was 18 and her younger brother was three. And my grandmother used to make her pretend like she was nursing her three-year-old brother to avoid her being, you know, captured by other soldiers. Right. And that came through my journey and made me realize the reason she couldn't express emotion to us when we were young is because it brought back all the... All that stuff. ...horrors of war. Yeah. So rather than being angry at my mom for not having that, it painted a whole sympathetic light and restored that... Compassion. ...unity and healing. And that's the difference, I think, with psychedelics versus just standard therapy, where I I could just say, oh, my mom did this to me and I'd just be angry at yep. her. But it takes it one step further and tries to promote that healing. That healing. And, and they're really designed to restore yep. and rebuild versus a lot of the medications that are out there are designed to turn off or blunt Ugh. a certain aspect of our mm. emotions. Yep. Where psychedelics are really designed to just bring back our normal balance, not only with ourselves, but with the people we love. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it provides, well, at least in my experience, a healing just across the board. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have an interesting story there. My mother and I were, were never very close. She had a tough, tough life. I loved her to pieces. Right. But she was never one to cuddle. Right. Any, anything like that. And she was a gambler. Okay. So the day I left for Vietnam, of course, I was out whooping it up, so I was sleeping in. She came into my room, gave me a little kiss on the cheek, and all she said to me was, 
I'm going to the racetrack with uh, Aunt Bert. Don't get yourself killed. Wow. And I said, I won't, Mom. And uh, off she went, and then I, I went to the airport. And I didn't think anything of it, because that mm. was kind of a relationship, and that was her. Right. So she had passed about three years before I did psychedelics. So if somebody asked me, what's the most loving moment you've ever had with your mother? I couldn't answer that question. Right. All right? But about two weeks after psychedelics, about three in the morning, she came to me in a dream, mm. and she walked up to me, and she said, Rob, can I have a hug and a kiss? I said, sure you can, Mom. Wow. She gave me a kiss, and I gave her one on the cheek, and she said, can I have another one? And I said, sure, and she said, I love you. Yeah. And then, gone. So, I mean, it was like I'm sitting here with you now. Later that morning, uh, my brother calls me, and he says, you know, it's Mom's birthday. Oh, wow. wow. And I said, I said, yeah, I've seen her earlier. Wow. And then, and then I told him, and uh, to me, that's the closest I've ever been to my mother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's How what the beauty and the that? mystery of these plants, what it opens. Wow. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful healing. That's so yeah. amazing. So how do people start the process of doing psychedelics or find a good guy? Do you just call your local doctor? Because psychedelics are still illegal, first see if there are any clinical trials happening near you. Several universities are doing them. Also, many websites, like the ones on the screen, post information on psychedelic therapy. And there's actually a Senate bill that's before the legislature to make it legal here in California, too. Wow. You know, we, we should talk a little bit more about the importance of a guide. The experience can be very destabilizing. It can be confusing. Things come up and you don't know what to do with them. And that's why the guide is so important. The guide helps you set your intentions, sits with you, so you feel safe. Because the essence of the experience is surrender. Yes. And you'll only surrender to your mind if you feel safe. And so that's part of the guide's job. Psychedelic journeys typically last four to six hours. During the session, the environment matters enormously. You'll wear eye shades to eliminate distractions and listen to a special playlist to enhance the experience. Your guide will stay with you at all times. Then afterwards is this critical process of what's called integration. And that's when you tell the story of what you experienced and with the guide's help, you make sense of it. You figure out what can we extract from this okay. experience and take forward into our lives? How can we apply it? How can we sustain it? And I think the risk, and there is a psychological risk to taking psychedelics. I, I don't think we should uh, underestimate that. Yep. The risk is that you have a destabilizing, confusing experience and you're, you know, you're a mess. But with the help of a good guide, you can sort through that. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to not do this on your own. Do it with someone who can talk to you for a long time afterwards because yeah. you'll be chewing on what happens, not just for days, not just for weeks, but for years. Years. Yeah, that's a good point, Michael. I know of, of people who have had spouses um, take part in a journey with a shaman or a guide that may not have had as much experience. And it was so destabilizing that they, you know, they, they experienced something in their journey that propelled them to leave their family, leave their, abandon their kids, uh, abandon yeah. all of their responsibilities. And if you don't have the right person guiding you through that and figuring out how to get reacclimated, it can actually have some, some 
negative consequences. There are also forms of mental illness that are not appropriate for psychedelics. If you suffer from schizophrenia, personality disorders, some people think mania, you should not take it. And, and that's one of the reasons to get some medical advice first. Yeah. There are certain kinds of risks. And there are people who have had their first psychotic break on a psychedelic. Yeah. Likely it would have happened eventually, but the experience sets it off. One of the things a good guide will do is qualify you, ask you questions about your medical history, your family's history. And they might say, you know, this really isn't appropriate for you. Michael, I would love to know about what's going on in Johns Hopkins and if you think that there's any more studies like that that might be taking place in other facilities around the world anytime soon. Yeah, there are drug trials going on to test the effectiveness of psilocybin in the treatment of PTSD, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, eating disorders, and anxiety. And there are probably at least two dozen such drug trials underway right now. The results so far have been very promising. What this means is once these drug trials play out, the FDA will in all likelihood approve the use of psychedelics in mental health care. What that means is that psychiatrists will soon be able to prescribe these substances to people and they won't have to go underground using them either by traveling outside of the country or working with underground guides. Mm -hmm. So we really may be on the verge of a revolution in mental health treatment in this country. And it could not come at a, at better, a better time, time. because, yeah. boy, do we have a problem around mental health. We're yeah. really putting Band-Aids on the problem, whereas with psychedelics, you can actually get to the root of, root it. of it. And by the way, Bob is funding a lot of the, this research. And he wow. sure is. philanthropists have been key because the government is not funding this work and they are to be thanked for what they're giving to our society. We thank you, Bob. Yes, Bob. Yes, Bob. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah. Michael, I wonder what measures are being taken to include the African-American uh, community in these studies. Such a great question. Uh, look, the psychedelic world in the United States has been very white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And indeed, in some of the studies, there have not been enough black subjects to draw conclusions. And we have to fix that. I've been often asked, why do African-Americans, are they less likely to use psychedelics? And one of the answers that I've come up with, and you can tell me if this sounds right, is that to use a psychedelic is to put down your defenses and you need to feel very safe in your body. Mm. There are a lot of African-Americans who live in dangerous places right. who can't let down their guard to have yeah. a day spent with a psychedelic. So you have to create an environment where people feel safe. I'm encouraged to see there's a lot of outreach now because there's racial trauma in this country, as we, yes. as we well know, and there's enormous potential here to treat it. We need also guides with black faces. We need yeah. people in the community administering yep. it. MAPS is one of the really important groups uh, developing psychedelic therapy, and they're making a concerted effort to train black guides and reach out uh, to the African-American community. Yeah. Michael, my foundation is working with MAPS to train a therapist of color. Oh, wow. And um, one of the therapists said, you're going to have a more difficult time uh, treating black Americans because they're used to walking a tight line. If 
white person uh, is confronted by the police and they're doing psychedelics, they get a talking to. Right. The black person gets locked up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that's got to change. That's, that's a, a really point. important point. Yeah. And, and that's why when the drugs are approved by the FDA, there won't be that risk of arrest. Yeah. And I think the fact that the drugs are all illegal now, and given that the drug war is essentially aimed at the black community, right. that is another source of reluctance. So I think you're absolutely right, Bob. Yeah. That I was hope, an important point. Yeah, that yeah. is a really important point. I hope it is something that we rectify, because I have to say that plant medicine completely rehabilitated me from debilitating depression, and it's changed my life for the better. I, I came home. I'm home. So um, I'm, I'm really hoping that we find a way that African-Americans can have access to these plant medicines safely. And the so. first thing is talking about it. And that's why I think that this show is really important just to start the conversation and to talk about it with professionals. I have to say having this conversation makes me feel better. Even if I don't totally understand it, I certainly feel like I'm more informed. Yeah. You know? it's, a, it's a hard thing to totally understand yeah. when you haven't had the experience. But yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not being approached as a recreational yeah. thing. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I think there's one other small requirement. You gotta really wanna do it. Yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta wanna do it. This is not play play. Mm-mm. Yeah. And you gotta be really willing to confront some hard stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's very healing and it's changed my life. Oh no, it's changed Bob. It's changed Paul. Yeah. I've seen it in you. Thank you, everyone. I mean, this yeah. this was a great it really Red was. Table. This may and go down as one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. enlightening. <laughs> and we got, thank you, Jaden, because this was your idea, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done, Jaden. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Thank you, Mom and Gammy, all of you guys. This show is just so amazing, and I just want to say how important Red Table Talk is just for the community and for everybody. I really think it's fantastic. Michael, just like Bob's amazing story, which thank you so much for sharing that with us. That really touched me. And I just want to say to you, for me and on the behalf of my generation, thank you for everything that you're doing. I know that I'm just here because Willow's not here, but (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. It's still three generations, just one of them to do it now. That's right. If you ever would like to go on a journey, I would love to escort you to the next one we do. But no pressure, but if at any point you say, I would like to, it's such a loving community, no judgment, and it's just fantastic. And it's in full discretion. So if at all you have any desire, let me know. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.